Good evening, folks. This is your host, Terry Farley in Dallas, Texas. Now calling to each one of you from the eye of the storm. The eye is at the very center of a hurricane. Regardless of how powerful the hurricane, the eye at the center is calm. God's word leads us to the eye, for the Lord encourages each of us to be still and know that he is God. Psalm 46, verses 10 and 11. Psalm 46, verses 10 and 11. Thank you each and every one very much for joining me this evening. I really appreciate it. Welcome to all, including our new listeners. Greetings from the eye of the storm. Tonight, we continue our heading for Calm Harbor, our port of call, centered at the very eye of the storm. My preparation of this segment is beginning on Tuesday, November 8th, 2022, the day of midterm elections here in America. By next Sunday evening, all other things being equal, we shall have some idea of what lies ahead for America. And then again, maybe not. Thus becomes inestimably more valuable God's leading to measure the moments of each day. Praise his name. He has provided this plain and simple encouragement of the book of Proverbs to reaffirm God's path to himself and thus eternal life rather than eternal dying. <clears throat> Life's transitory meanderings are transparently revealed in that this brief study produced before the important midterm elections shall in fact be taped after election day. Though the vo votes have been made, no surprise they are yet untallied even as this work is still finishing and being prepared for release. We are thus provided with the marvelous example of fleeting life being exemplified by Jesus' words, for what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Mark chapter 8, verse 36. And now, all wishing to join us with their Bibles, we turn to Proverbs chapter 12, verse 1. Again, beginning with Proverbs chapter 12, Verses 1 through 4. Whoso loveth instruction loveth knowledge, but he that hateth reproof is brutish. A good man obtaineth favor of the Lord, but a man of wicked devices will the Lord condemn. A man shall not be established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous shall not be moved. A virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. But she that maketh ashamed is as rottenness in his bones. <clears throat> a common practice of discipline that I received in the early years of my education at St. Mary's Parochial School was the continual assignment to write my name on a blackboard in ever-increasing numbers. Green boards were way off in the future. This discipline was introduced during my third grade. It, in fact, was employed only during that year. As I remember it, the sister applying the discipline was Sister Mary Josephine, a small, merry lady whose youthful appearance 
was always enhanced by her joyful spirit, even when she became firm in her attentions. Her instruction to write my name 100 times on the board increased through the year's progress to top off at a 1,000 times. The increase was balanced by the seriousness of the upgrading of offenses, combined with the recognition that instead of being cowed by the punishments, she began to realize I cherished them. That, of course, only made her more upset. At, at times, even smudging her seemingly indomitable good nature. Eventually, she came to enjoy increasing the disciplines as she recognized my relishing the growing challenges and consequential enjoyment of the assignments. <clears throat> Unbeknownst to sister were my reflections of the old story of Br'er Rabbit. Throughout his turmoils and trials, Rabbit would always cry, Whatever you do, don't throw me in the briar patch. Eventually, he would do something to tip the scale of benevolence and wind up being tossed in the briar patch, home again in his beloved patch, where Rabbit was free to roam unmolested, he would hop off ch chuckling, whatever you do, don't throw me in the briar patch. This foreboding jungle was in fact Rabbit's sanctuary. Similarly, the peace and quiet of being in the empty schoolroom at school's out, with a chore ahead of me, <clears throat> sister dutifully busy at her desk grading papers, was blissful to this boy who yearned for such peaceful surroundings. Much was learned in those quiet afternoons of circumspection about life and its strange pathways. Interestingly, problems created, something I strove not to do, yet invariably failed, instructed me early that wicked pursuits bring clamor and mortification. Ergo, favor was always found doing as instructed. Bad choices begat only trouble. Instability is birthed through wrongdoing. But good works sprout from their own roots. On the distaff side, men are crowned through virtuous wives, while conversely, a woman can weaken her husband through shame. Verses 5 through 8. The thoughts of the righteous are right, but the counsels of the wicked are deceit. The words of the wicked are to lie in wait for blood but the mouth of the upright shall deliver them. The wicked are overthrown and are not, but the house of the righteous shall stand. A man shall be commended according to his wisdom, but he that is of a perverse heart shall be despised. Thinking does absolutely matter. And right, positive, constructive thoughts lead to life. Counsels from the wicked are deceitful. The folly of Proverbs 118 is once more affirmed in verse 6, testifying to the intent of the wicked as they advise to lie and wait for blood, reminding the diligent that the wicked wait for their own blood. The more we learn, the more we know. The more we know, the more we grow in the direction we are learning. The wicked's words lead to destruction. The wise speak deliverance for themselves and those who follow. The wicked are destined to be overthrown. The house of the righteous, built upon the rock of truth, Jesus, shall stand. The cultivation of wisdom brings commendation. Perverse thoughts harvest loathing. Verses 9 through 12. He that is despised and hath a servant is better than he that honoreth himself 
and lacketh bread. A righteous man regardeth the life of his beast, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. He that tilleth his land shall be satisfied with bread, but he that followeth vain persons is void of understanding. The wicked desireth the net of evil men, but the root of the righteous yieldeth fruit. Pearl Bailey, a great blues singer of the days gone by, was known for her observation, I've been poor and I've been rich, and being rich is better. Prosperity can lift one above reproach, but with power comes responsibility, and with great power comes greater responsibility. Poverty easily imbues one with humility. The righteous regard the welfare of their animals, whereas even the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. Early to bed, early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. Diligence results in reward. Sloth takes even that which you have. And in this age, beyond the borders of vanity fair, even that which is imagined must turn from reality to reality amongst all who seek understanding. Evil hankers after evil, but the righteous begin with initial inception, knowing that prosperity shall be the yield. Proverbs 12, verses 13 through 16. The wicked is snared by the transgression of his lips, but the just shall come out of trouble. A man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth, and the recompense of a man's hands shall be rendered unto him. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkens unto counsel is wise. A fool's wrath is presently known, but a prudent man covers shame. The wicked is caught in his lies. Yes, we know lying is proliferating exponentially across the world today. Yet, with the greatest, biggest, most stupendous lie, the whopper, topper of all lies ever told, is prophesied to be revealed by that person Jesus calls the father of lies in John chapter 8, verse 44. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. For all desiring to traipse down this rabbit hole, seek Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11, to begin their study from the bottom up. Verse 11, for this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie. This verse stated in support of the preceding verse 8, and then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. What is this lie? Satan will claim to be God. Meanwhile, the just come out of trouble. How? By speaking the truth. As Jesus declared, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. Verse 14 informs the wise that a man receives good by what he says. 
and how he says it. Speaking of conversation as fruit, remember, Jesus' freedom comes only to those who believe in him. And those who believe in him continue in his word. Verse 15, then, considering the fool who is right in his own sight. This fault reminds us of the instruction, a fool convinced in his own folly is twice the fool. Conversely, the wise seek and attain to wise counsel. Fools tip their hand immediately, their wrath being unbridled. The wise and prudent man covers shame. Proverbs 12, verses 17 through 20. And again, verse 17, all who speak truth reveal their righteousness, but a false witness reveals deceit. And verse 18, there is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. Winston Churchill is remembered in verse 18. He once offered, if you're going to cut a man's throat, it costs nothing extra to be polite. And verse 19, the lip of truth shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Discretion is made plain here. We are only and always required and expected and strive to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. This practice establishes all practitioners with God and eternity. Lying merely evaporates. Deceit is in the heart of them, verse 20, that imagine evil, but to the counselors of peace is joy. Sadly, deceit is in the very heart of those that imagine evil, while counselors of peace reap joy. Verses 21 through 24. Verse 21, there shall no evil happen to the just, but the wicked shall be filled with mischief. Incredibly, verse 21 declares no evil shall come to the just, looking to eternity and heaven in the presence of God forever, which is God's perspective in leading. All who believe, obey, and follow his word are assured of everlasting peace. Sowing wickedness, however, in those cultivating mischief, multiplies their own return. Verse 22, lying lips are abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. How evil disfigures while goodness delights. Lying is abomination to the Lord, urging all to seek Jesus always, thus receiving his delight. We always want everything right now, yet life teaches that right now can be the worst time for action and may well hinder. Let all things be done decently and in order. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 40. Verse 23 instructs thusly, a prudent man conceals knowledge. A man said he didn't like St. Steve McQueen's movie, Tom Horn. He said the scene in which Horn refused to defend himself when he had been falsely accused, remaining silent, was improbable and therefore a false representation of true response. He was reminded of Jesus' interrogation after his arrest by the high priest. And the high priest arose and said unto him, Do you answer nothing? But Jesus held his peace. Matthew 26, verse 62. The man objecting to Queen's, McQueen's silence himself then became silent. So the wise concealed knowledge 
when needful. But verse 23 closes with the heart of fools proclaim foolishness. Enough said here. Verse 24, the hand of the diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be under tribute. Working on crews hoeing and roguing in the corn and bean fields of northern Illinois as a youth in early days, I quickly discovered that those who worked hard worked the full season. Those who did not were let go as the work diminished. The lesson stayed with me throughout life. Our last four verses of Proverbs chapter 12, verses 25 through 28, repeat in distinct measure the profitable weighed against the costly, the cheap weighed against the frivolous, the slothful against the diligent, finalizing the way to life, the pathway wherein there is no death. Verse 25, heaviness in the heart of man makes it stoop, but a good word makes it glad. Here we find the solution to sadness can be a good word. Comfort that soothes can be a simple word of encouragement and understanding. We note that often the simple support of friendship goes a long way in comforting those in sadness by sharing in their quiet. Verse 26, the righteous is more excellent than his neighbor, but the way of the wicked seduces them. Doing and following God's word leads one to righteousness and through righteousness excellence. Many of these examples are easily observed in life. A prime example is the opening phrase of Proverbs chapter 14, verse 34. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. We've plainly seen this evidence on the ground scale as nations have prospered in times of peace and suffered when sin abounds. Verse 27, the slothful man roasts not that which he took in hunting, but the substance of a diligent man is precious. In this modern age, few do their own actual hunting for meat outside of the local grocery store. Certainly the times we are traversing are suggestive of a possible need to resharpen those skills. But either way, it is difficult to imagine killing an animal and then eating the meat raw. Yet the example remains clear in any context. Jesus' encouragement stands out. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks receives. He that seeks finds. And to him that knocks, it shall be opened. As a young man, the morning after Jesus saved me, I was headed out the door when I was asked where I was going to find a job, I replied, reminded that I'd been seeking a job for months without its success, there, there being a slowdown in the economy. I said, yes, but now I know Jesus. I was remembering the verses heard in the homilies of the priests as a child, often repeating Jesus' encouragement to the efforts of asking, seeking, and knocking. Having taken Jesus at his word to be saved, I was going forward in his promise. Returning to a construction site I had been to numerous times over the past months, I found a job shoveling cement. I later discovered the shovel I was using had been used previously by a man who had quit just the previous Friday afternoon to return to Bible school. This was Monday morning. These types of so-called coincidences followed me throughout my life. In fact, I can remember as a youth, my brothers and I employing Jesus' encouragement to ask, seek, and knock on many occasions, even 
for the simplest task, such as losing some personal item somewhere around the house. It was only as an adult that coming across the verses in the Bible, I realized Jesus was leading folks to ask him for eternal salvation. All of the seeking and the knocking had led to the realization that we are to call upon him personally for eternal salvation. Receiving temporal answers was great, but all of these things shrink to insignificance in the light of eternity. As posed in Jesus' declaration, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? We see immediately the importance of cautioning us before we go out and save the world. Are we saved? We ourselves. For example, are you, sir? Are you, madam? Are you, young man? Are you, young lady? Saved? Do you know for certain that you're going to heaven? 1 John 5.13 reveals the answer. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Notice that the you may know that you have eternal life. It's all in the present tense. Not that you may some future day, but rather that you can know you are going to heaven in this day and very moment in which you are breathing, that you will live in heaven with Jesus forever. For any that might be thinking this understanding is too good to be true, let us continue with our study considering the final verse of chapter 12 of Proverbs. In the way of righteousness is life, and in the pathway there is no death. Proverbs, even in these first 12 chapters, has highlighted with tremendous emphasis the righteousness which flows unto all who are obedient to God and His Word. And in that path of righteousness is life. There is no equivocation in this statement, no wiggle room. The verse even doubles down by closing with the affirming declaration, In the pathway thereof, the pathway of righteousness, there is no death. The world of religion therefore concludes in multitudes of form that the only way to heaven is through various kinds of works. That's what some misguided person taught Jerry Lee Lewis, for example. But in spite of that, Lewis continued to talk and pray to God and read the Bible throughout his life. The Bible makes it plain through the teachings of Jesus, the Apostle Paul, as well as a myriad of writers in the Word of God throughout Scripture, Salvation, eternal life, is available only through Jesus himself, who has paid for the sins of the world through his death on the cross. His divine stamp of evidence is his resurrection, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith, Romans chapter 1, verse 17. And 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 28 through 31, And base things of the world, and things which are despised, hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to nothing things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption that according as it is written, he that glories, let him glory in the Lord. The most important question you can answer today is not who is and who is not going to heaven, but rather your own answer, which I hope can be, yes, I trust in Jesus and I'm going to heaven. Next week, the Lord willing, we'll be meeting over uh, Proverbs chapter 13, beginning in verse 1. For continuing light from God's Word, may I also encourage all who seek in-depth study, Google T.L. Farley books, including Blast Off Repeal More, Edition 5, now available.
proclaiming Jesus' atomic any moment shout per scripture. The prophecy of our blessed hope, the rapture, is the only prophecy remaining in the Bible that needs nothing else to happen before it takes place. When Jesus shouts for his bride, the church, not coincidentally, our blessed hope is the very last prophecy Jesus proclaims, doing so three final times in Revelation chapter 22. Coincidence? I trow not. We believers are bound for the greatest ride off this earth. Insights are provided from Genesis through Revelation, made available through 25-plus Bible versions, which are alpha-indexed, 1,350-plus verses for in-depth study, and the building of spiritual stamina. One might ask, but why the pluses? I got tired of counting. You tell me. Remember, there is plenty of room, and everyone is invited. You only need Jesus. And. Someone tell Elon, even all of the Mars believers will be picked up on the way. Logistics to follow, the Lord willing. Again, Google T.L. Farley Books. And also, FYI, my first book, When Now Becomes Too Late, focuses on the very moment of the rapture. It was in publishing process on the very morning of 9-11. Distant Reaches, Autobiographical Adventures, from Ireland to pushing a Boston hack to a hurricane on the North Atlantic, all leading to Jesus. Book a trip that is more than a day sail. And watch, Jesus is going to shout on the day that must be called today. Why today? Jesus' own words take no thought for tomorrow. He is knocking on heart doors all over the world today. His personal invitation, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into them and will sup with them and they with me. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. And the Lord willing, until we meet again next Sunday evening on revelationradio.net, 7.30 p.m. Central Time, from the eye of the storm. Brothers and sisters, fathers, mothers, sons, daughters, uncles, aunts, cousins, new friends and old friends, strangers, and not so strange, join the harvest. Maranatha. And again I say, Maranatha. And that's the wrap for this evening, folks. May we all join together in prayer that each of us has a good night. And the Lord willing, until we meet next time, or until Jesus shouts and we meet in the air, or at supper, here's bidding you all, each and every one, the very best Jesus has to offer you. From the eye of the storm, this is your host, Terry Farley, bidding you a good evening.